knew there'd have to be a little spice in your morning. I'm in for Greg Morgan this morning. Good morning, I'm Sarah Mills. Stay tuned. James Bogus with Regina Airport Authority will be in to discuss how things are going for winter travel compared to uh, last year. Remember Sunwing pulling all those flights? That's coming up in the next hour. But first, the James Smith inquest that's been going on this last couple of weeks in Malford is wrapping up today in terms of testimony. It's been more than two weeks of evidence being presented on how the victims died, how the RCMP responded and how Miles Sanderson was and his state of mind, both in prison and on parole in the years and months leading up to the attack. Now instructions will be given to the jury and an inquest is not like a trial where jurors have to meticulously follow the law as laid out to them by a judge. In an inquest, no blame is assigned. It's more trying to understand what happened and and what recommendations could be made to prevent such a tragedy happening again. How best to do that will be given by Chief Coroner Clive Wayhill and the jury will deliberate some recommendations none of which are binding. They may come back with multiple recommendations or maybe just one. Keith Brown is one of the lawyers for the James Smith Cree Nation. It's in the jury's hands to grapple with, you know, the mountains of evidence that they've heard from various different, very valuable perspectives relative to the mandate that they now have to, to, to take away and execute on. Senior reporter Lisa Schick remains in Malfoot for us and we'll have all the details as they develop today. Frost continues in Regina or or should it be called Melt? Possibly with the Melt Regina, with the uh, way this is uh, going. You know what's going to happen. All of these wonderful events that are happening in our city would be perfect. And I remember when Frost Regina was first launched, asking the mayor about this. Why not do this during the family day break when maybe parents have taken the time off to be with kids and are looking for activities? Um, This is the way they planned it. But you know, warm temperatures for frost, which makes no sense whatsoever. And then we'll be back to like minus 50 wind chills the week of the school break when all us parents at home with kids will be tearing our hair out because there's absolutely nothing to do and no one wants to leave the house because it's minus 50. I'm putting it out there right now just to warn you all that's what will happen. Shout out to my husband, Chef Malcolm, who's one of a number of people taking part this weekend in Frost Regina and the Chili Cook-Off. It's put on by the Chamber of Commerce and proceeds go towards Chili for Children and other worthy causes. And not just one of the events taking place, Uh, is the ice sculptures and ice formations that you see at Confederation Park within the real district. That's one of the free events. Uh, We may have to send a reporter down there today just to check out how they are managing with those sculptures. And not just that, but the Arctic buildings that were built in Victoria Park also. The shelters are part of the Frost Festival's Arctic Abode Construction Competition, which had different teams competing to build the best and most creative Arctic abode in the city. And if you work downtown, you should go down and take a look on the lunch hour. It's really cool what some people have done. And in Saskatoon, Greg Nicole looks after the speeding skate rink up there and admits it isn't easy keeping the ice in place when it gets this cool. Non-stop about 
working 16 hours, you know, with a night shift and a morning shift, we basically got the ice up and going in about seven days. And he doesn't think that winter is over despite this break from the snow and cold. We've got a lot of winter left. I'm sure this this will fly by. We'll get some colder temperatures and we try to get into that first week of March. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope so, because there's lots of people who enjoy winter activities and it's not so much fun without the snow and some of the cold as well. In other news, I'm not too sure. I mean, maybe there is good in this. Just it sounds a little Hollywood weird movie. But the first human patient has received an implant from brain chip startup Neuralink on the weekend and is apparently recovering well the company's billionaire founder, Elon Musk, said the first human patient has had this put inside their body. The initial results show promising neuron spike detection, Musk said on social media platform X this morning. Spikes are activity by neurons, which the National Institute of Health describes as cells that use electrical and chemical signals to send information around the brain and to the body. Now, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration gave permission and the company clearance last year to conduct this first human trial, and it's a critical milestone, which the ambitions are to help patients overcome paralysis and a host of other neurological conditions. And that that may be where this goes and how incredible would it be if we can determine dementia or Alzheimer's or any other neurological condition that might be able to be helped by something like this. But you also think about some of the futuristic things that may happen and many people go and you'll walk around with a chip on your arm and that's how you'll get, you know, who cares about fingerprints on iPhones? You'll know everything just by scanning at airports, at doctor's offices, at hospitals and and what can be read about you and how that can be manipulated. But interesting that they've got to that successful stage. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. Giving James Bogus a call later on. He's the Regina Airport CEO on the happenings over at the airport and how the sun destinations are going this year. But first, I call upon Kevin Martell. Good Hello. morning, Kev. Good morning. Look, Look at, at you. us. <laughs> Uh, three days and three different hosts for the Greg Morgan Morning <laughs> yeah. Show. Friday, Listeners, Greg, me yesterday, you today. Listeners are just getting a treat. <laughs> we just, what What are you getting when you wake up? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say this is my first time hosting in the new fancy super duper high tech <laughs> studio. It's all Different. The screens are on different sides than they used to be, so I don't know which way to look. Well, you have lighting in there. There's there's some new lighting, but you have none of it on. It looks like you're about to have a steak dinner in there at a fancy restaurant. It's mood lighting. <laughs> I can barely even you see it. You know how I feel. I can't deal. My <laughs> eyes and brain go, ah, turn it off. I have to, yes. So I have like one light in here. I'm practically hosting the show in the dark, but it's how I prefer it. <laughs> Um, but I feel like an eight-year-old. Not all of us are Evan Bray tall. <laughs> and th- this is like bar seating. So I, my legs are dangling and not reaching the floor. So I feel like an eight-year-old. <laughs> um, so in the news, obviously, teachers this week. Not affecting Regina, though. No. And we had talked about this 
I mean, there have been a lot of questions because over the last, each of the last two weeks, there was some sort of move by the STF, the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation. And so here we are now in a new week and we thought, okay, well, what new move might we see? And they're rotating strikes is what the STF are calling them. So you're going to be seeing on Thursday different school divisions, not every school division and not school divisions of Regina, but divisions, for example, around Moose Jaw and Prince Albert, where teachers will be off the job and on the picket line for Thursday. At this point, we don't have any information about which other school divisions in other cities or communities might be affected, say, after Thursday, what their plans are after that. Yeah, so one is to assume that maybe it could be every Thursday, different school divisions, but we don't know yet. No. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, We have a school play. I'm pleased that extracurriculars have not been impacted in in any way by um, these these sorts of measures that teachers could consider. I have cast photos were taken yesterday. We spent money on costumes. I have a very excited grade sevener who's so happy to have been chosen to be in the school play. So I'm keeping fingers crossed for, for our family and the impact it's had for us. But I, it will be interesting to know what individual teachers think because talking to some teachers on the weekend, they're a little frustrated that there isn't sort of um, some consistency. Um, for them. For them because uh, a random one day here or a random one day there, especially midweek, makes it very difficult to plan the week. And for a lot of them, they don't even know when no. they're going on strike or who will be impacted. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to know what the individual teachers think. Most seem to be in agreement that this is the only way to go, some sort of, of measure or sanction against the, the government. But yeah, they would look for more consistency, I guess. So maybe we'll now see that in these rotating strikes. So the warm weather... Maybe it should be called Melt Regina instead of Frost. Yeah, it'll well, and it'll certainly be warm on the picket line for teachers. But uh, yeah, I, and that's the big thing, right? Frost Festival is currently on. It's going on all week and into this weekend. And as we've been telling you, a lot of the events have to do <laughs> with ice and snow. Lots of skating rinks, ice sculptures, those kinds of things. It's pretty hard, and you got to believe that uh, those who deal with the ice, those who try to keep the ice in perfect blade condition, are having a heck of a time this week. Another 10 records we're learning from Environment Canada broken yesterday. And somehow, Sarah, Maple Creek in the southwest, getting up to 15, almost 16 degrees yesterday, and that wasn't a record. Crazy. <laughs> For the like end of January, beginning of February, crazy. We're asking listeners today on the text line with the McRib back on the menu at McDonald's, the discontinued food items they would bring back. Any choice for you? Yeah, well, and I had said this, and this was on the initial post on the CJME Morning Show Facebook page, Cream Savers. Remember Cream Savers? Oh, yeah. A little candy. kind of like ones? Well, no, they were hard. They're, think of it like kind of a, you know... Y- y- like an after-dinner mint. It wasn't mint. It was like creamsicle flavor, but kind of the same idea, like a Werther's. You're just sucking on this thing. It's hard. Don't bite it, Sarah. We have fillings. <laughs> Thank you for that advice, Kev. <laughs> Kevin Martell in from the newsroom. CJME News Time is 6.58. Sarah Mills.
minutes in for Greg Morgan today. We'll get a preview of what's coming up on the Evan Bray Show in the next half hour. But first, many people are off to warmer destinations right now, Greg Morgan included. And compared to the mess of last year, with many cancellations and flights through Sunwing being pulled, the winter travel season appears to be a little smoother. CEO of the Regina Airport Authority, James Bogus, joins me now. Good morning, James. Hey, good morning, Sarah. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Nice to have you with me. So how has it been going down at the airport in terms of winter travel? It sure seems to be, apart from some weather-related issues, easier than last year for sure. Wow, what a difference. You know, in the package you mentioned, Sunwing, well, that's been night and day here at Regina. We've seen a large uptake in both Sunwing and WestJet sunflying. In fact, the exception of that little cold snap that we had here in mid-January, we actually had our best month in December of 2023 since we've had in 2019. Sarah, for the first time since the pandemic, we actually overachieved 2019 passenger numbers in December. It was absolutely incredible. I wish I had some cheering sound effect for you. (laughs) (laughs) There there we go. Thanks to uh, producer Frank. Um, I mean, that is fantastic news because we've seen the growth within the airport itself from things to do airside and things to uh, to look at and, and, and to be advertised about events in our city for those dropping off and picking up and waiting for passengers. And, and now it seems travel now matches our great airport. We, you know, it's not just been the actual passengers, which of course have been a great rebound. We've just seen big investments from our airline partners. For example, we had that recent announcement of Lynx Air. Yes, Sarah, this is a brand new ultra low cost airline That'll be serving our community starting June 20th with very low prices to both Vancouver and Toronto. And let's not forget that big, big WestJet announcement to Minneapolis-St. Paul with daily nonstop service starting April 28th. And that's been a flight that the community has been asking for for a very long time. So very excited to have those coming on board into 2024. And those haven't even started yet. So it's a very good start to the year and we're certainly hoping for the momentum to continue. Regina Airport Authority CEO James Bogus is joining us. So is is that um, a, a big thing too? Because I think the concern, and you've spoken about this, is we, we get these, whether it be links or, as you say, this new Minneapolis flight, but can it be sustained by people actually u- using the service? Because this, if they don't, we'll see it go away again. Are you confident that we'll have that in the coming years? I really up to the customer what they choose. I think, you know, price plays a big factor. Obviously, there's, you know, economic conditions that people have jobs and if they're feeling comfortable to travel. But right now, there continues to be a pent-up demand for travel. And that's why we've been seeing these announcements. We also have to keep in mind that compared to a few years ago, our population has grown. We're also seeing a lot of great announcements locally here in Regina, but also southern Saskatchewan. Our airport, Sarah, serves 500,000 people plus in our catchment area. This is truly the south of the province. It's a big area to serve. And I suppose the more diverse our community becomes, um, the more destinations that are going to be sought or the more demand. I mean, having a Minneapolis choice allows more um, options for passengers looking for international travel because Minneapolis is a major hub airport for the states. And that allows, if, if you're looking to 
have good prices and looking to be able to shop around for what's good for you, having a major hub allows access to numerous airlines then. It, it, it does. And, you know, I was shocked. And this is, again, a surprise for me as a CEO of the airport. I've learned recently, even compared to some of those U.S. airports that I've heard, you know, people might drive to from time to time, like a Minot, North Dakota, because of the exchange rate, we've actually seen some unbelievable pricing from WestJet into places like Hawaii, where I'm actually seeing North Dakota plates in my parking lot taking those flights. It sounds almost backwards. But it's actually been a very good time for the airport with a whole bunch of factors helping to support these types of flights. Now, I'm putting you on the spot slightly with this one, but just because it's breaking over this last couple of days. But we hear Flair Airlines owes millions in in taxes and there's there's issues for that airline. Do they serve Regina at all? They, They don't. We had Flair two separate times, both times during the pandemic. They came They tried a couple of routes. They made a few announcements. But, Sarah, you may remember they had a big competitor back then, which was actually a WestJet product called Swoop. That was their ultra-low-cost carrier. So they were battling it out. And, uh, frankly, uh, Flair did not survive in our market. Now, with the introduction of Lynx, this is a different company with a, a different business model. In fact, Lynx has been quite successful so far in a number of Canadian cities. But at the end of the day, This is a volume-driven airline. So we're very hopeful that having another product like this in the market works. But ultimately, it's up to the consumer. And we're seeing WestJet and Air Canada offering some pretty good basic fares. Basic means, you know, you can't cancel. You can't do a lot of those extra features. They're just trying to give you a low price. It's quite surprising how competitive it's become. Because two years ago, we were having this conversation. You may recall, travel fares were extremely high. Now you can get base fares to most Canadian cities as long as you're flexible about what time you want to travel at pretty competitive prices. And just real quick before we let you go, James, given all of this good news you've listed and and achieving the things that you were looking for, do you have a wish list for the year ahead? I love this community. Let me tell you something. We are so passionate about the airport. We're making investments in the terminal. We're going to continue to focus on air service. And uh, this is actually year six for me. Tomorrow is my anniversary. It's six years. Uh, We have a lot of energy to keep making this airport better and better for all of Summer, Saskatchewan. Well, happy anniversary and happy anniversary of you being in Regina. Thank you so much, Sarah. (laughs) You have a great day. Good morning. I'm Sarah Mills in for Greg Morgan. Coming up, we hear from Samantha Beacott with the CTF on the rotating strikes now beginning across the province this Thursday, not impacting Regina this time but we'll keep you up to date as those changes come but first evan bray is here look at us i was gonna say this is this room has a different feel with you in the room (laughs) it's because it's dark have you noticed i I can barely see you sitting on that chair back there (laughs) i don't like too many lights in the morning i like to come to and i've only had one cup of tea so i'm on the edge already you're jittery you're a bit jittery this morning and um i keep laughing because this is your fancy high-tech studio well i you know i said to you earlier i like to stand when i do my show but i get it i don't start at 5 30 a.m i'm not starting at 5 30 you needed a cot back there at 5 30 in the morning this chair is so high and i'm not evan bray tall (laughs) and i feel like an eight-year-old with my legs dangling well it's 
good look, though. It's a good look, Sarah. I like it. Um, so teachers, as we mentioned, we have this, yeah. what they're calling a rotating strike. We know Thursday there's um, Moose Jaw and Prince Albert North Battleford among the list of school divisions, some French schools impacted as well. Not Regina or Saskatoon, the largest centres. I mean, there just seems to be no movement. Well, and and that's you know that's kind of my thing is is I'm thinking okay, this rotating strike thing is going to get confusing because parents are going to have to watch websites and for you know media updates on when it's coming to a school near you. Um, but in the meantime, both sides are dug in. Like both sides are essentially saying. I'm willing to go to the bargaining table, but they have to be willing to talk. And, you know, the, the, that's the, what the teachers are saying. The province is saying we're at the bargaining table, uh, but we're not willing to bargain class complexity. And, you know, they've offered 7% over three years. So they're so far apart. I don't know how this doesn't end in arbitration. And yet for them to go there, both sides have to be willing to go there to kind of trigger that process. So I, like we could be in for a, for a long haul here. Well, and one of the things I um, heard on the weekend from some teacher friends, which I've never really heard before, you you hear about, I was just telling you off the air, I really hope extracurriculars aren't pulled because right. of the effort and, and work my daughter's put in for the school play. Um, at teachers uh, on the weekend that I was chatting with said they're sort of frustrated with the STF's approach. They're fully on board with the strike and why these sanctions, if you want to call them against the government, these measures need to be in place. They're on board with that. Mm-hmm. But for them, a, a random Tuesday, a random Thursday right. doesn't allow them to plan because they don't get much notice either. No. They know that their teacher association rep meets with the STF and then they wait and hear yeah. sometimes from the media yeah. and they can't get a run at class. It would be different if it was Monday or Friday. You can plan and say, it's a four-day week, here's what I'm right. doing. But it's very difficult to start something on a Tuesday and then restart it on a Thursday right. if a strike is a Wednesday. I was in Greenall School one afternoon a couple of weeks ago, uh, just before one of the strikes uh, that happened and I was talking to their law 30 class and I was there when the teacher came in the room after lunch and said, okay, kids, there's a strike that's going to be happening. And of course there's some kids that cheered and some, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but you know, the amount of planning and rescheduling and, you know, it was, they spent a good 15 minutes talking about, okay, remember we were supposed to do this test. So here's what I propose. Let's move the test to this day. And, you know, so there, there's a lot of shuffling around that has to happen for teachers. And, uh, at the end of the day, teachers care. They care about the kids. They care about getting in there and, and uh, teaching those children. And so this is uh, seems to be a bit of a no-win situation, and I, I'm not sure how this is going to wrap up anytime soon. We're asking listeners today what food they discontinued food they want right. to see bought back because the McRib is back on McDonald's right. menu. Um, Scott from Pilot Butte said McDonald's pizza. Any choice? Oh yeah, for you? I remember. What uh, do you remember? Wigwag bars. Yes. Yes, I love those bars. <laughs> Wigwag. Yes. I would say a Wigwag chocolate bar. I, I'd eat one right now. There you go. <laughs> a Wigwag at seven thirty in the morning. CJ Amy News Time seven twenty eight.